0: Hey, it's Emily and it's Kayla and you're listening to Two Jane does this podcast contains some adult language graphic descriptions of crime scenes sexual assault and murder listener discretion is advised
1: Of the thousands of people murdered every year in the United States, several remain unidentified for years or even decades after their death. Due to this, these people get labeled as Jane or John Doe. Jane Doe for the females and John Doe for the males. Now, we want to inform you that due to these cases, either remaining a cold case or having an unidentified person, there's not a lot of information pertaining to these cases and it's hard to find information. So these episodes, when we talk about Jane or John Doe's, may be a bit short.
0: Which, let's just add a little side note. like It's crazy that it's 2021 and there's still people that are coming up, Jane and John Doe's, that we have no idea who they are
1: especially since we have all this grand technology that should be able to identify these people, but we don't have that in 2021. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So this particular case that we're going to jump into brings us back to the early 1990s in March where a female truck driver who had stopped for a break on I-80 in Sweetwater County, Wyoming, saw what she thought was a pile of trash uh, at the bottom of a ridge but then when she looked at it more closely, she was horrified to find the lifeless naked body of a woman that had been frozen due to the
1: cold weather. The truck driver had used her CB radio for help when another truck driver heard her distress and contacted local authorities. And for some of our younger listeners, CB radios allowed for a short distance person-to-person voice communication using two-way radios operating on multiple channels. I know my parents had a CB radio when I was growing up, and when we went on vacation, we would actually use these radios to talk to each other, because we didn't have cell phones back then. I don't know about
0: you guys, but when we would go somewhere like Carowinds or Bush Gardens, we would have walkie-talkies between vehicles, and that's how we would keep up with each other. So yeah, it's kind of like walkie-talkies, I mean, yeah. So that's about all we had, so. Anyways, along I-80, where she was found, that's a transcontinental freeway that runs from downtown San Francisco all the way to New York City and it's actually one of the busiest
1: freeways in the country. So eventually both I-90 and I-80 actually connect. I think it's in Chicago is where they eventually connect but one comes up from the north where the other one comes up from the south and eventually they connect into Chicago.
0: And when they found her they determined that she had been killed Sometime between October 1991 and February 1992 in another location, and her body had been dumped there. And again, she was found in March of 1992. And since the weather was so cold, she was perfectly preserved, and her face was still recognizable, even though she still to this day remains a Jane Jane Doe.
1: Yeah, so this young woman had dark colored hair estimated to be about 5 foot 8 and weighed about 125 to 130 pounds Her age was estimated to be around 24 to 32 years old A couple features stood out, which was a tattoo of a rose under her right breast and a vertical cesarean scar Which is not a typical cesarean scar because usually c-sections are completed with a horizontal cut However, In emergencies, these cuts are made vertically as to get the baby out quicker. Um, They determined her death to be a homicide as she had bruises on her face consistent with physical beating. She had also been sexually assaulted and strangled. Her overall cause of death was an ice pick or similar object stabbed through her left nostril into her brain. Ooh.
0: That sounds awful.
1: Yeah, could you imagine that? Just someone stabbing your nose. No, absolutely Boom, not. Absolutely not. Like,
0: do you remember swimming in a, like a pool when you're a kid and you get water up your nose? How how bad that burns?
1: Oh yeah, with well, oh, the chlorine. My God. So just having an ice pick straight to your nose. No, thank
0: you. Hard pass. Hard pass. So they determined that the person responsible was possibly a serial offender. And although, which I don't know how, they determined that this was a sophisticated murder. He somehow injured himself probably in the ice pick motion of murder um he ended
1: up leaving typo blood at the scene so did her not being able to be identified and where she was found was actually near a creek they gave her the name bitter creek betty or rose doe in reference to the tattoo that they found on her body
0: to this point we have one woman march 1992 she's been found at the bottom of a ditch Uh, along a super busy freeway and no one knows who she is then another body shows up just 400 miles from where bitter creek betty was found so this was in april of 1992 so only a month later a local sheriff and workers from the state highway department came upon the decomposed
1: body of a woman in a ditch along the southbound side of i-90 When this Jane Doe was found, she was wearing a pullover, light blue, and white checkered shirt um, that had some pearl and false jeweled buttons. She was also wearing blue jeans with a wide plastic white belt, and she wasn't wearing any socks or shoes. The local sheriff who found her after the State Road Department called the local authorities was aware of the Bitter Creek Betty case and initially thought that these two cases were totally unrelated.
0: Which would make sense because she was found 400 miles away.
1: And on a totally different interstate, too. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally different interstate, 400 miles away.
1: But still a little sus, a little bit suspicious. I mean, dead bodies popping up. Just a month apart. Yeah, that's sus.
0: So given the level of decomposition, um, this Jane Doe's features were unrecognizable. So she's a lot unlike the initial Bitter Creek Betty. Uh, so she was unable to be identified either, so they gave her the moniker of I90 Jane Doe or Sheridan County Jane Doe. However, forensic testing was able to determine that she was a white female who was between 16 and 21 years old. She stood anywhere between 5 foot 5 and 5 foot six, and she weighed around 110 to 115 pounds. so she was a very tiny built girl. She had shoulder-length brown hair that was either, you know, straight to wavy, and it was some bleach indicating that she spent a lot of time outdoors, but her eye color could not be
1: determined due to her face being so badly beaten. After the body was examined, her body did show signs of physical beating. Uh, She had also been sexually assaulted, and she had given birth at least once in her life. There was some research that we found that suggested that she was 10 weeks pregnant at the time of her death, but we found that this statement was to be inconclusive, as some of the research said that she wasn't pregnant, and other research said that she was, so that's a bit up in the air there. Um, Her cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma to the head. Uh, Her death likely occurred a month or so before she was found making her death around February 1992, which was very close to Bitter Creek Betty's death. Because Bitter Creek Betty was found March of
0: 1992, and so if they're saying she was killed in February, that's still only a month apart. So it's believed that the I-90 Jane Doe was murdered in another location and dumped along I-90. Both cases seem to be very similar, and after further investigation, they found that this murder was also sloppy, even though... Bitter Creek Betty was recognizable, whereas I 90 Jane Doe was not recognizable. But typo blood was found on both the I 90 Jane Doe and the Bitter Creek Betty,
1: suggesting that both Jane Does possibly had been murdered by the same person. But due to Bitter Creek Betty having a recognizable face, the police released images to try and get the woman identified. However, several years went by with no one claiming they knew her. Um, Her photo was circulated, and eventually the tattoo artist came forward claiming that it was his work, and that he completed it on her in June of 1991 at a studio near Triple T Truck Stop, which is near Tucson. But he still was not able to provide her identity, which is weird, because I know when I go get a tattoo, they want, like, everything but your left arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they want your driver's license, your name you gotta be over 18 oh exactly
0: yeah and i mean i know i was just having this conversation with my dad the other day about how i recently just got my tattoo and they took a copy of my driver's license and i'm pretty sure they also took a picture of the design that i sent them and they made a copy on the back of the form i filled out as well right so then if
1: you were to ever come up dead they'd say hey Here's this tattoo that we did, and here's her driver's license. Yet, 30 years ago, nah, you can just walk in a tattoo shop, get your tattoo, and roll out. Yeah, that's crazy. Because they do,
0: they ask for your social security number. They ask for everything now when you get a tattoo. So it's insane that 30 years ago, you just walk in and be like, this is what I want. Okay,
1: cool. Have a nice day. Triple T Truck Stop is located off of I-10 in Arizona, which eventually turns into I-80 once you cross over into the state of Wyoming. So it seemed that maybe Bitter Creek Betty and I-90 Jane Doe could have been hitchhikers, considering that both I-80 and I-90 eventually connect, and there's a bunch of other leading roads that connect into these two main freeways.
0: However, with no further information or the available technology to find the murder, this both
1: of these cases go
0: cold. And sadly, both I-90 Jane Doe and Bitter Creek Betty were buried without headstones at Rest Haven Memorial Garden Cemetery in
1: Rock Springs, Wyoming. Right, so now we have two murders found a month apart, both having very similar cases where their bodies were dumped somewhere but possibly killed elsewhere and type o blood was found at both scenes so this would bring to the conclusion that perhaps this person was a truck driver who was traveling along busy highways throughout the states and obviously had type o blood Um, we would also maybe conclude that his mo would include women who were pregnant or had a history of childbirth women aged 32 or below, uh, women with brown hair, and that he or she may have been taking their shoes as trophies as Bitter Creek Betty was found completely naked and I-90 Jane Doe didn't have any shoes on.
0: And knowing these details about this killer uh, also brings us to uh, another murder that actually occurred in Tennessee and on March 10, 1991, now this is a year prior... Before Bitter Creek Betty and I 90 Jane Doe were discovered, Spring Hill police responded to a call about a dead body that was located near I 65 on Saturn Parkway at the off ramp for Port Royal Road. The person discovered that the body looked as though she had been sleeping on the side of the road and her body was actually propped up in a sitting position against a tree as if the person was proud of what they had done
1: and left her there on display. Could you imagine just? Trucking down the road, and then you see this person up against a tree, sleeping all alone, no one else around her, and then to walk up and find out she's dead. Listen, I'm gonna be honest. If I see somebody just sitting chilling up against a tree, are you gonna keep on driving? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah too. No,
0: I'm not trying to. (laughs) I'm not trying to poke
1: around. I'm not nosy. I'm on my own business. That's how you stay alive. Well, whoever stopped and found her body discovered that she had been dragged from the road to the wood line which is approximately 100 feet from the road and it was believed that her body had been dumped there about 14 days prior and her body actually laid in a morgue unclaimed for several months until police made a fingerprint match. Which could you also just take a minute
0: to think about that like you've been dead like you're just dead and you ain't got no friends or family that's gonna be like I wonder where
1: Kayla's at I ain't seen her in like Three months. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, my parents call me at least once a day. And if they don't talk to me for more than that, I would hope someone would be concerned about me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my mom calls me once a day, texts me, and if I don't answer, she's upset. So, if I turn up dead and y'all don't know where I'm at,
1: then that's on y'all. But let's also point out that 1991, they were able to use fingerprints to find out who she was yet in 1992 they couldn't use the same fingerprints system to figure out who bitter creek betty or i-90 jane dead was exactly
0: that's us too Mm. it makes you wonder about like the background and where these girls came from did they have some kind of checker pass that Maybe would make people not look for them. Were they on the run from some from something? Or were Nobody they even knows. from here? Yeah, were could they, they even been
1: from, from a here? different
0: state? Exactly, going back to the hitchhiker or, thing, they could have been picked up in another state and
1: just brought there. Or they could have been from out of the country and then didn't have a ride, so chose to hitchhike with whoever would pick them up. True. true. That's very true. So the fingerprints actually matched the body of a woman named Pamela McCall, who was 33 of toppings, Virginia. Pamela's clothes were torn, including her undergarments. She was missing her shoes and had obvious injuries to her face and neck. The autopsy revealed that she was killed by strangulation with her neck completely broken. She had semen on her pantyhose and she was around 24 weeks pregnant at the time of her death. And unfortunately the unborn child was also deceased.
0: That would take an angry person to strangle you until they break your neck.
1: Yeah, there's some definite rage behind that strangulation.
0: But the evidence shows that McCall may have been traveling with a semi-truck driver at the time of her death. And her family actually believes that her murderer was the the father of her unborn child that she had been dating. And he just happened to be a semi-truck driver. However, they ruled him out as he had a history of dropping her off after heated arguments, and it seemed believable. And unfortunately, with no additional leads, her case goes cold as well, and the killer was never found.
1: So now we have three bodies, one of which completely separate, total different state, miles away, a year before. And then the other two, at least 400 miles apart, same state, all with similar, dumped here, killed somewhere else type of similarities here.
0: Exactly. The only outlier is, is that Pamela McCall just happened to be killed a year before. So it makes you wonder, you know, I don't know how people choose their victims. I'm not a killer. I can't even give shots to people. If you're going to kill somebody, it seems like he took a year off. It was like, nah, I don't need to do it anymore. It's no big deal. I'm fine. And then he claims two more people a year later, a month apart.
1: He was fiending for it. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, he didn't have the right person to fit his M.O. Maybe he was struggling to find someone to fit that woman under the age of 32 with brown hair. I'm glad I
0: dye my hair.
1: But I don't hitchhike, so.
0: Nah. Mm i don't pick people up i don't care if it's raining cats and dogs outside you ain't getting in my car
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't blame you i wouldn't be picking up strangers either (sighs) as sad as that is so sadly this
0: goes you know all three of these cases they stay cold and the next information that we get is from 2019 where investigators submitted evidence recovered in the 1991 death of Pamela McCall to a crime laboratory for DNA analysis where results matched DNA samples recovered from the unsolved murders of Bitter Creek Betty and I-90 Jane Doe. Both of these cases are very similar in nature to McCall's with a truck driver as the possible suspect. So investigators worked through genealogy websites for similarities, and they ended up hitting on a DNA profile for a Mr. Clark Perry Baldwin, who's 59 years old, and who's from
1: Iowa. Which is a totally different state than either of these women, any of these women, were found.
0: They begin their investigation into the life of Baldwin and discover that he's kind of a monster, that he had actually been accused of making counterfeit money, which he spent 18 months in prison for in 1999, and also accused of alleged rape and murder attempt in Texas back in 1991. So, it seems like he gets around. I mean, if he's from Iowa, and he's been to Texas, to Wyoming, to all these different states, truck driver would be, you know, pretty likely career path. Yes. Um. So, it also detailed... In court documents, that he raped a female in Willer County, Texas. She was only 21 years old at the time, and he hit her over the head, bound, gagged her, and strangled her. So, the young woman managed to get away alive, and Baldwin was charged with assault, but she was too terrified to ever come back to Texas in order to testify against him, so he was able to walk for that.
1: Which is sad, and I feel like that's something that happens way too often, is... Women are too afraid to speak out or confront whoever done something to them. So people who actually do these terrible things just end up walking free because there's no one there to speak out. Exactly. In April of 2020, FBI had been surveilling Baldwin and secretly collected DNA material from his trash and a Walmart shopping cart he used, finding that it was a match to all three murders. Kind of scary to think that the FBI would just be... Rolling around, tailing you, and then just snatch stuff out your garbage. Ooh, but us females, we'd be
0: too good at that job. We'd be sneaking around, unlocking our man's phones and stuff, though. Ooh, we could do that job. Yeah. We could do that job. But, ooh, you have a Starbucks today, Mr. Baldwin? I'm going to snatch that cup once you're done with your venti mochaccino.
1: <laughs> True facts, though women are pretty good at being sneaky. We detect those. Yes. So, some of the counts into who Baldwin was include a female roommate that he had while living in Virginia. Another state in which he presumably has been in. This yeah,
0: because Pamela McCall is from Virginia.
1: Yes. There's a connection there. I never even put that connection again there. Holy shit. I haven't did the research on this case. Damn. So anyways, yeah, so Baldwin was living with this roommate in Virginia. She described Baldwin as a gentle giant who took her, her boyfriend, and one-year-old son into his home when they fell on difficult times. And she states that if he truly was a murderer, he could have taken her out at any time, being as they lived together.
0: Which is scary, because where he was connected to these cases... You living with a murderer, honey. You in danger, girl.
1: But maybe she didn't fit his M.O. But she had given birth to a child. But we don't know if she had brown hair,
0: blonde mm-hmm. hair,
1: red hair. We don't know that.
0: I don't know. If y'all peeped the picture of him we put up on in- our Instagram, I wouldn't be living with this man for no money. I don't care. I'd live in a cardboard box, begging for spare change.
1: Yeah, he's not the uh, most attractive, you know, when, like Mm-mm. Ted Bundy. I wouldn't live with Ted Bondi either. Well, no, but back then Mm -mm. people found him a rather attractive person, very social, very personable, but this man, he don't look personable, he don't even, I wouldn't, no. I
0: guess it's just a sign of the times, because people back then just like,
1: oh, you need a place to stay? Sure, I got a spare room. Roll up, sis. Not me. I don't trust strangers. Stranger danger, that's what my parents taught me. hmm He also had an ex-wife. His ex-wife had kids that were not of his own. And his ex-wife states that he once bragged about killing a girl out west by strangulation and throwing her out of his truck. His stepdaughter stated that she thought of him as nothing more than a monster. After watching the abuse he inflicted upon her and her siblings, stating that he would beat them with belts on their bare butts or hold their heads underwater in a bathtub as to discipline them.
0: Getting even deeper into Baldwin's connection with these cases was that he was an ex-truck driver driving cross-country for Martin Transport. And Martin Transport currently has 14 different locations that can be found anywhere from California, Oregon, Wisconsin, Tennessee, and Virginia. So all locations have easy access to I80 and I90 among other popular interstates such as I94, I40, I85 and many more. Baldwin has also resided in several southern states over the years, suggesting that there could be more unidentified young women who suffered similar fates at the hands of at his hands.
1: I wouldn't doubt it if he's been traveling all over cross country. Just picking up hitchhikers. I wouldn't doubt that some of the other cold cases
0: were because of him. Exactly. Two cases in particular fit his M.O. The New Hope Jane Doe found strangled to death in September 1990 along I-40 near Orange County, North Carolina, who was between the ages of 15 and 22 years old with shoulder-length dark blonde hair. And the Hillsboro Jane Doe also found that same month. At the bottom of an embankment along I-40 in North Carolina, who was between the ages of 14 and 25 years old with dark brown hair and was missing her shoes. And this came in twos just like Bitter Creek Betty and the I-90 Sheridan County Jane Doe, and one cannot help but wonder whether Baldwin was also a part of these young women's murders as well.
1: And it's also kind of strange that these two cases happened just seven months before Pamela McCall's death in March of 1990.
0: Baldwin would have been in his late 20s when he murdered Pamela McCall. Bitter Creek Betty, and I-90 Jane Doe. So 30 years later, he has been arrested and is facing the charges for the murder of all three women, as well as Pamela's unborn child, because we can't forget that she was 24 weeks pregnant when she was murdered.
1: In May 2020, Baldwin was arrested in his home in Iowa, taken to Black Hawk County Jail in Tennessee, and is facing four murder charges. The two in Tennessee, which were Pamela McCall and her unborn child, and the two in Wyoming, which is Bitter Creek Betty and I 90 Jane Doe. He waived extradition proceedings in the most recent allegations and he was extradited to Maury County Jail in Tennessee on May 15, 2020. He actually still remains in Maury County Jail on a $1 million bond.
0: If anybody happens to have any information about the identities of Bitter Creek Betty or the I 90 Sheridan County Jane Doe, please call the Wyoming Division of Criminal Investigation at 307-777-7181.
1: You might just help identify these women.
0: Like we said in the beginning, there are thousands of people murdered every year in the United States, and of those thousands of people, several will remain unidentified for years or even decades after their death. But in I-90 Jane Doe, Bitter Creek Betty, and Pamela McCall's cases... Pamela McCall was able to link Clark Perry Baldwin to all three of their cases, and it's nice to know that he is going to be in prison, hopefully for the rest of his, you know, for the rest of his natural life, and that those women did not die in vain. Thanks for listening to Two Jane Does. I'm Emily. And I'm Kayla. You can find us on Facebook at Two Jane Does. There you'll find a pin post that has all of our other social media accounts. And if you enjoyed this, give us a follow on
1: Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. If you have any cases that you want us to cover and go into detail with, you can leave us a message on our Facebook, Or if you just happen to wind up on our page, you can send us a message there.